And we just want to um, welcome Pastor Paul. Now he's going to share with us. Yay! <laughs> wow. Thank you very much, Ruth. Awesome. Man, I'm excited to be here this morning. I'm excited every day. The Wairua Tapu, the Lord Jesus has sent his spirit to dwell in our spirit. Wairua Tapu, Holy Spirit. Wow. Our cup is full and running over. We're just going to start with the, um, this morning with a little DVD testimony here. Let's just roll that. So, I just feel the need to share this with everybody. So, um, I work for a pizza place, obviously. Pretty much all of you know this. And um, we don't open until 12 o'clock today, but I was asked to come in a little bit early for a delivery. So, um, you know, I, I came in and... Uh, Right as I got in, they, we loaded up my car with the food and I took it. And then uh, when I got to this delivery, is to this church. And um, they came out to my car and they're like, uh, take one pizza out of the seven or eight pizzas that they ordered. And they're like, bring it up to the pastor on, on stage. And I was, I was like all like weirded out, like why, like this is so weird. And um, you know, the most amazing thing happened, you know, this whole church came up. And gave me over $700 for a tip. It's just truly amazing. You know, I've been having such a, a hard time lately. Just struggling to stay clean and everything. And I'm just trying to get my life back. And it just really, truly just amazes me that people that don't even know me just wanted to help me out that much. Blessed. Wow. Isn't it amazing the grace of God? Isn't it amazing the transformation it can bring when we see the love of God displayed to someone? You can do that to one of your neighbours or you can show His love in many different ways in this community. Praise God. I'm always excited to hear about how the God came down through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's been great this morning, just hearing of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just going to read something out I wrote for last night, but we didn't use it. And Steve's just going to bring a bit of music in the background. I, I, I believe this is really what God's all about. In the beginning, man was made from dust. You have heard the saying, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, mind, will, and emotions. Sadly, the whole of the human race was plunged into a selfish existence because of one interview our forefather Adam had with a snake, Satan. God loves mankind so much that he gave the greatest gift of all time, 
Jesus. He came from heaven. He lived here as a man. He died for our selfishness. He rose from the dead. He was received back to heaven as a man. This time it was not so that you could have life in your soul. You got that from your parents. But it was so your spirit could receive eternal life. Remember, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. There is a way to unwrap this gift for yourself. First, you must receive the gift. Number two, second, recognize that the, the gift replaces your self-life. Number three, recognize that the gift himself, Jesus, is that eternal life. John, one of Jesus' disciples, said, All who receive Jesus, God gives them the right to become his children, those who believe on his name. That's what they do. That's what his children do. They believe on his name. What is his name? Jesus, Lord, Jesus. Thank you, Steve. Praise God. That in a nutshell is really the gospel. I've been asked today just to speak on this theme that we're having, and it is, who do you say that I am? We're going to read in Mark chapter 8 from verse 27 to verse 29. And we, had, we talked about this last week, and that was fantastic. We're just going to go over some other thoughts here today. We'll look up, if you've got your Word, you've got the Word, the Bible, the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Boy, do I love the Word. I love His Spirit too. We're born both of the uh, Word and we're born of His Spirit. Praise His name. Mark chapter 8, verse 27. Now Jesus and His disciples went out to the towns of Caesarea Philippi, and on the road, he asked his disciples, saying to them, question number one, who do men say that I am? I am. So they answered, well, John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others, one of the, uh, one of the prophets. Wow. Men always have their idea about who the Lord is, you know? Maybe he was a great man. Maybe he was this. Maybe he was that. Who do men say? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? For every different man, there's almost a different religion in there. There's a different idea of the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But what do men say? They've got all sorts of ideas. Why is that? Because they live in their soul. The mind, the will, the emotions. They were born... And Adam. Adam came from the dust, by the way. Adam came from the dust of the ground. It was amazing when uh, Jesus came and was born at Bethlehem. The angels just thought, this is just incredible. How, how far God has come. He came, he bridged eternity and came into time. Not only that, he became a man. And they're just saying, glory to God, what's going on here? Glory to God in the highest. And they're just watching and they're intent on what's going on. 
Men have many ideas. But then Jesus turns to the disciples and he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And then Peter answered and said, You are the Christ. That word Christ anointed or Messiah, anointed one. Did you know the anointing is on that man? Jesus. Adam never had that anointing. He plunged the whole of this human race into sin. He was of the earth, earthy. The first man of the earth, earthy. The second man, Jesus, on who the anointing was, the Christ, the anointing. Son of the living God. God manifest in flesh. What a man. What a man. That man, as many as receive him, to them gives he the power or the right to become the sons of God to them that believe in his name. We receive him. See the anointing, the gift, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to his disciples when he ascended that I've got to go away so that the anointing would come. The Holy Spirit, the Wairua Tapu, and he's going to dwell in you. He's going to dwell in your spirit, not your head. We don't want to just carry on living in our soul, in the soulish realm. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. This is what he spoke to the woman of Samaria by the well. You've got to get this. No matter where you've come from, how destroyed your life is, how empty you feel. You're like a car without gas. You have to push it. Some of you probably feel a bit like that. We've got to keep pushing and pushing. But when you stop pushing, you stop going. And you're feeling empty. And you're just living in the realm of your mind and your will and your emotions. And you're trying to drive your Christian life by sheer willpower. Who do men say that I am? You've got all different ideas. God doesn't want you to live there. He wants you to receive the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, into your spirit. He wants you to walk in the spirit. That's what it says in the word, walk in the spirit, not walk in your head. Am I talking to anybody here today? Come on. Come on. Come on, I know we keep saying these things. Wait, see, everything changes when you walk in the Spirit. Life just takes on a new look. It is exciting. It cannot be contained. It's like a well of water in you springing up into everlasting life. You know, we think when we're living in our mind and our will and our emotions and our soulish realm, we think that it's us that God loves. Well, He does. He loves man. But it's man as God sees him, not as you see him. It's not you as you see yourself. It's you as God saw you from before the foundation of the world. You were chosen in Christ. He was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And Jesus says in John 17, when he's talking about us there, after he went down through his prayer, just before he went to the cross, and he's praying for those that would also believe on him through their words, through the disciples' words that came right down to now. He said, for you loved me from the, before the foundation of the world. I know you think he loves you, Adam. Is there an Adam out there, someone living in their soul? They haven't died to self. In Adam all die. In Christ all are made alive. You thought he loved you, Adam. No, no, God said that's far enough. That's why Jesus wasn't the second Adam. Many people misquote that. 
He was the last Adam. It's important to come to the Word and understand the truth and just read it carefully. He was the last man of the human race, that order of man that had sinned against God, that was self-willed, that Isaiah said, like sheep just going astray, like Adam in the beginning hiding himself, like Romans 3 says, none seek after God. It's all about me. He was the last Adam. And God made a very strong declaration when Jesus died on the cross. And he said, that order of man has to finish right here. We were chosen in Christ, not in Adam, from before the foundation of the world. He was the lamb slain even before man fell into sin. From the foundation of the world, in God's mind's eye, his will, his plans. You know, last time I checked, he's God. Jesus said, you love me. You love me. God loves one man. One man. Do you love him or do you love yourself here this morning? Am I talking to anybody this morning? I want to challenge you where you sit in your seat this morning. Do you love the man that God loves? Or do you love yourself? Come on. You think that you're more important than Jesus and God cares about your struggle and you're trying to push your car along with no gas, your life and your disappointments and you're just caught up with it all? God loves that man. He said, this is my beloved son. In him, I am well pleased. I don't need you as an add-on or a cling-on or a pop-up or whatever you get these days. It's annoying, isn't it? Emoji. It's annoying when you get these pop-ups come up on, on your computer, isn't it? Or your phone or whatever. Never mind. He doesn't need all that stuff. He doesn't need you. You need him. Last time I checked, God was the source of all life and all glory and power. He loves that man. Will you receive him? What I read there this morning, God created man. He became a living soul. God wants you to now receive life in your spirit. That's what Ephesians 2 says. You has he quickened or made alive who were dead. Okay, you had an existence and you moved around in your mind and will and emotions. But as far as God's concerned, you were dead spiritually, cut off from the life of God. Your spirit was dormant. But then God does something through his word. And by His Spirit, we're born of the Spirit of God. We're born of the Word of God. And we receive Jesus. Not give your heart to the Lord or make a commitment. Receive from God. Receive from God Jesus. Because that's the man that God loved from before the foundation of the world. He's a delightful man. That's why the angels are looking and saying, Man, glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace and goodwill towards man. There'll be peace in your soul. If that man's living in your spirit, you cannot put the new wine into old vessels. Adam doesn't understand that man, the new man. He is self-centered, Adam is. Adam, well, he's been dealt with at the cross. He's dead. That's why the word tells us you are dead. Don't just carry on trying to bring back to life what God has destroyed. And what he said, no, this is it. That's the last Adam. He can bear the whole sin of the whole human race. And he's going to bear it all. His blood cleanses from all sin so that you can let that man go. And he can happily go into death. Well, he's not very happy anyway. But he can go into death. Let him go. Let him go. 
No longer do you need to worry about him going into death because the blood has cleansed him from his sins. Let him go. God's got a new man for you. So Jesus said, I've got to go back to heaven and then you can receive the Holy Spirit. The Wairutapa, he's going to come and dwell in your spirit and you're going to be made alive and you're going to be given gifts of the spirit. You know, we talk so much about the birth of Christ. And that's good. But he came to die. That man that was here representing us, the Lamb of God was sent by God to die for our sin. He was the Lamb slain from before the, uh, before the foundation of the world. But the man now that's risen, we know a lot about the cross. Sometimes we just keep coming there. If we could, we'd set up an altar at the front of the church. And we'd come, instead of offering the uh, bullocks and the goats and the lambs and the turtle doves and pigeons and all that sort of stuff, we'd be, we'd be bringing Jesus and we'd be offering him every, every Sunday. And, and we'll come to the cross and we go back and we come to the cross, we go back through the week and life's a struggle and we feel, well, what's wrong? I thought Christianity was freedom and life and liberty and power. But we need to go beyond that. If you're living your Christian life in Adam, it's not very Christian to start with. You'll be thinking still that you're a sinner because you're still taken up with the old man. And that old man will never receive Jesus. He didn't have any right to the tree of life. That's why the cherubim was there with the flaming sword and he still has no right to Christ's death to that man. He was on death row right from the start. The soul that sins, it shall die. Dead man walking. Dead man walking. God wants to give you a new man. That man is his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you receive him? That's the whole point. The cross is the divide between two eternities, between two men, Adam or Christ. It's a great divide. See, when Jesus came out of death and he rose again on the resurrection morning, People still look for him in the tomb and it's the wrong place to find him. Why are you looking for the living one among the dead? No longer is he here as the lamb. This is the risen king. He is a conqueror. He is victorious. He has conquered over all. The enemy is defeated. He's crushed his head. Crushed his head. And now he's risen. Do you know Jesus risen? You might know a lot about the one that died for you, that walked the streets of Galilee and Jerusalem and all around about and healed people and all that. You might know him. Do you know the risen man? Not only is he risen, the resurrection is so important to us because he's the firstborn from the dead. I believe that verse is meaning from among the dead, the firstborn among many brothers. He rose from the dead. He brought new life from the grave. Except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. Jesus was that corn of wheat. He was that grain of wheat that fell into the ground and died. And now he's the firstborn from among the dead. He's risen from the dead. He's alive today. He is the man. You loved me from before the foundation of the world. And God's saying, in him I'm well pleased. And Jesus is saying, all that the Father gave me, I've done. I delight to do my Father's will. You know you're not really that interested in it. If you're in Adam, he doesn't. He's not interested in the Father's will. He's interested in his own will, his own imagination, his own pleasure. Don't get taken up with the wrong man for the rest of your life. Let him go. God's dealt with him. You are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. 
So then there's a resurrection. It's great that Christ is risen. The blood of Christ is wonderful, great, cleanses from all sin, past, present, and future. The cross of Christ is wonderful. It divides between two eternities, between two men. The resurrection of Christ is great, new life from the dead. But there's something even greater than all of that. And I believe they get greater as we go. There is the glorification of our Lord Jesus Christ. A man received up in glory. And he had to go there. He said to Mary, touch me not. Don't cling to me. I have not yet returned to my father and your father. I've got to go there first. I need to be glorified. Then you can have me. Then you can have me all you want. Then you can have me. And so it's that man that we receive, the glorified man, the one who has gone back into Godhead, the one who lives by the power of an endless life, that's eternal life. And you receive that eternal life, not into your head. It's not about you doing something. You don't do a thing. I'm not going to set up an altar here this morning and call you up to it. Because you'd think you had to do something. I'm not going to cane you this morning into having more faith. Because you'll be thinking you've got to do something. Do you know, even the faith that we have comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of God. This book, the Bible, is jam-packed full of faith. It is the Word. Jesus showed the two on the way to Emmaus, all things and all the Scriptures concerning Himself. This is explosive. When you take this and you speak it out, I'm talking about in the new man and Christ is in you and the word, it just comes alive. It's bread, it's food, it's Jesus. He is risen. But faith comes by that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. It's, it's origin. The origin of faith is not an Adam. It's interesting. We don't, it's a mystery. I don't want to explain it to you. I just believe it. I don't know when the new birth starts or stops or when I, you know, but one thing I know, Adam doesn't have a look in. Christ is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end and he's the whole story. He's all you'll take into eternity. And if you've still got yourself and you've got your own works and your own good deeds, it's like wood, hay and stubble and it's going to be lost for all eternity. It's going to be burnt up. The gold and the silver and the precious stones are Christ. I want to challenge you today. Which man are you? Are you an Adam still? Is he very much alive and, and you're trying to add like much of Christendom, trying to add Christ to Adam, trying to somehow improve that old man in you to make him acceptable to God. Maybe if you added Jesus to him, Maybe he, God would receive him. God says, no. I chose you in Christ from before the foundation of the world, not out of Christ to be put in Christ. No, I just chose you in him. The whole purpose of me making man from the dust was so that he would partake of the tree of life and that eternal life of mine would be planted within him and the glory would be shining out through earthen vessels. And so the man who came from dust could take none of the glory, but that man wants all the glory. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Who, who is your man this morning? 
You can't have self and Christ. Receive Him. I just repeat those words of John, the one that was one of the closest disciples to the heart of Jesus, as many as received Him. To then gave He the, the right authority to become the children of God even to them that believe on his name. Receive him. Receive that man. Glory in that man. You know, when you do, you won't feel a failure because you're not looking at yourself. You're looking at him. He's not a disappointment. He never failed. Let's stand. Stand together. I want to pray over the congregation today. I want you to open your spirit to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to open your spirit to the spirit of the living God today. Let's lift up our hands today. Something far deeper than just our heads. Our spirit we say welcome Holy Spirit Mighty God I just pray that you'd minister your message to the people today here that you would just uh, pour out your spirit into our spirit that we might be filled with the spirit of God that we might our spirits would be quickened through the word that they would maybe be made alive that there might be that well that would spring up into everlasting life Father, move for the glory of your name, I pray. Father, there's only one man that we delight in, and that's your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one man in the glory today. The King of kings and Lord of lords, gone back into Godhead, perfectly representing us to you and you to us. Father, you have chosen us in him. We receive him. We want him. We want your spirit. Take control. We will walk in your spirit from now on. We won't lean to our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge you, Father that the glory of the Lord would shine out from us from here henceforth, Father, from here on out. In Jesus' name for His glory, let that man, the King, be glorified in the church today. Hover over our nation today, Father. Move by Your Spirit that many would hear the gospel of the grace of God, that they would come into that new man, that they would uh, be new wineskins, Father, that You would move through Your Word and by Your Spirit that there might be a new birth in our nation, we pray. In Jesus' name for His glory. Amen. Thank you.